Welcome to Fitness in the World with Benjamin Kasanja. And there is another book here. This one is not in is not in print yet. Praise the Lord. But it is going to be in print very soon. We saw this book in Kisumu. We just took photos. I think it's it's Rispa who took a photo. We were drooling. We've been salivating since the time we were in Kisumu. What can Kenyans learn from the revival flames of the 1970s? This is the only copy, and it's not available. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yes. This is by Bishop John Onyango Ober. We want to make this book available. We don't want to make the mistakes that he was talking about. Forewarned. Forewarned. Yeah, you, you did English in school. That sparks pastor. Doctor, where did your kizungu go? <laughs> to the sparks church. <laughs> yeah, forewarned, forearmed. So if we take if we, if we take this book and get the truth, let, let, before, before I invite me, worship team, let's have our seats. Thank you so much. Let's celebrate our worship team. Let me just read a line that will make you... Yes, buy the book. That's it. They would spend their time in open-air meetings mentioning the names of bishops, pastors, apostles, and tell people what these men were doing and how immoral some of them were. What they were saying about these men of God were true fact, were true a fact that one could not dispute. But you use that when you preach to sinners? This is exactly how William Branham used to mock Billy Graham and other preachers of the gospel in public and gave leeway to the enemy. Should I continue? Yes. By the book. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> no, 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 this one is not for sale. But you can, you can make your payment in advance. You can pre-order. Man, powerful. <laughs> I have the privilege of just holding this book. It is not going to go for less than a thousand, definitely. And I feel good that I'm done holding the only copy. <laughs> I hope the media people have taken a photo. <laughs> Books you hold and you just feel good. It's like the preacher I saw on TBN opening and saying this is Smith Wigglesworth Bible. This is where he was highlighting and that's how I feel. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are we ready for this interview? Okay, I want us to get up on our feet as well. Come Bishop Obel to come and
Amen. We can have our seats. Yes, Bishop, thank you so much for the powerful sermon that we had in the morning. Amen. We were so, so blessed, fired up, and I think we are being prepared to, to continue <laughs> from these flames of the 70s. Amen. Yes, Bishop O'Berry challenged us in the morning for those that were not here, and he told us he was speaking to one of the ministers that they used to minister with in the 70s during these times and the minister told him don't tell this generation that they have what we had they ought to have more but they are not where we were in the 70s and it is true when you hear the stories like some of the ones we are going to hear today you're going to realize that we are not there we've not even scratched the surface yet Yet God's desire is that we go from glory to glory. Amen. So I believe that God wants us to go beyond that what happened in those days, what will happen today should make that child's play. But there are steps that are to be taken, precautions, and work that has to be put in for us to see this. But we are so delighted to have Bishop Ober here with us, and I believe as a father, he can guide us, help us to steer through all the obstacles that we have in this generation to be able to go beyond what they had in the 70s, like his desire is. And you are a true father, Bishop Ober. Mm -hmm. Your heart is the heart of a father. We've appreciated that when we came to Kisumu, you took us in. People you had never known, people you had never seen and you took us in you attended all those ignite meetings from day one not even as a preacher but attending mm. that was so humbling for us yeah. and on the last day you and Archbishop Arao prayed for me mm. and you know this week I was telling my wife that this week I thought that our media team would be chop chop but like those are the footages they would have cut out and, and at least used to invite people for this meeting. But that prayer was powerful and wholehearted. I felt like you really loved me. You Man. really prayed for me as a younger minister. And you want to see me do well. Yes. And even honoring this invitation and coming to us in Nairobi. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you. So, uh, randomly, I'll, I'll, I'll be saying things randomly, but you can go on as much as you want. Yeah. But is it 1963 or 67 when Tiel Osborne came to Kisumu? When Tiel Osborne came to Kisumu, Tiel Osborne came to Kisumu in 1973. In that, it happened from late November after the first week of December. It happened when many of our young people were going for their holidays. In those days, we used to have uh, KSCF camps, Trinity Fellowship camps. All camps were aware that T.L. Osborne was coming to Kisumu. 
So these, they, these were students' camps. Yes, they all brought their young people to Kisumu in 1973. Tielo Spawn had a crusade at Kenyatta Sports Ground, and they also had a conference at the then was Kisumu at. Techno, uh, technical College. Technical College, yeah. which is now Kisumo Polytechnic. During that time, he had a conference. He was teaching pastors, different church ministers, on how to reach the lost with the gospel. And during this time, there was something hap that happened that really surprised us. It was during the time when Idi Amin, the strong man of Uganda, was in power. And he came to Nairobi to see the late President Jomo Kenyatta. So we don't know how Idi Amin learned that there was a meeting that was going on at Kisumu Technical School. That, that's how it was called. We just saw an army helicopter hoovering over Kisumu Technical. And it hoovered, moved around, it moved around, and uh, then uh, it came down. Then, to our surprise, because we some thought that it was the Kenya Army, because it was an army helicopter. But it was not the Kenya army who walked out. Field Marshal Idi Amin Al Haji. Al Haji. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, who went to meet him? The late Archbishop Silas Owiti and T.L. Osborne. And uh, he invited Osborne to come to Uganda for a meeting, which I think Osborne came later. He went to Uganda later. Now, this meeting of T.L. Osborne in 1973 had a tremendous impact in many ministers' lives. There are quite a number of ministers, outstanding preachers we have in the nation who attended this T.L. Osborne crusade together with the conference. During the conference, he was training people on being harvest partners. Harvest partners in that we are co-workers in reaching the lost with the gospel. The theme of T.L. Osborne was out where sinners are. Go out. Mm and reach the lost yeah. with the gospel. And the Harvest Partners, he was giving them instruments of reaching the lost. The lingua tape, the projectors. Uh, uh, projectors. Mm. He was also giving them their uh, uh, vehicle, uh, van. Yeah. And uh, then he was giving them books as well to go out and reach the lost with the gospel. But something 
that really I would say that was of spiritual significance to the kingdom of God was that quite a number of ministers of the gospel, men of God that have touched this nation with the power of the gospel were raised in that meeting. One of them who made an appointment, he was in the meeting and he happened just to bump on T.L. Osborne in the street. One thing with the T.L. Osborne, it was very simple. It was not the kind of a preacher you meet in the street and he, he can't talk to you. Because he would pray for you even in the street. Wow. So, Bishop George Gichana, who comes from Eldred, mm. bumped on T.L. Osborne in the street. And he said, I have been in your meetings. Can I have time with you? And Osborne booked him. He said, yes, you're welcome. So he had a time with the T.L. Osborne. And that really changed the ministry of Bishop George Gichana. Wow. The time that he had with T.L. Osborne. Another minister whom I can remember also was in that meeting. There are quite a number. But these are quite outstanding that I'd like to mention. Is Mark Karioki, the general overseer of Deliverance Church. Church. Yes. He was also in this meeting. His ministry never remained the same. Another minister who was in this meeting is Bishop Isaac Wawiri. He was also in this T.L. Osborne meeting. His ministry has never remained the same. Those are some of the servants of God. Among many, they were not the only ones, but among many who are there, who got the fire or the impact of T.L. Osborne coming in 1973 in Kisumu. And that anointing stirred up the revival flames of the 70s. But there was also something. If you want to ask, you can ask. <laughs> Let's continue. Yes. All right. Yes. There's something that happened to us in the 70s. The late Jomo Kenyatta died in 1978. So that brought fears, instilled fears. Among Kenyans, there is going to be trouble. You remember the song they used as secular music, Kenya Hakuna Matata. So when Mzee Jomo Kenyatta died in 1978, quite a number of people thought there was going to be trouble. Kenya was not going to be in peace. But something was happening. That's the time when uh, Harry Des, the founder of Crisco Church, had come to Kenya. And he came up with something called, I found it. And they had a team of people who were interceding for the nation. People were praying because people feared 
You know, some had respect for Kenyatta that he was the only one who could lead Kenya. Mm. But if he was dead, I remember somebody was asking his, the permanent secretary, Mr. Karidi, huh? did you believe that Muzi could die? <laughs> he never, they never expected Muzi to die. So they were fierce. But the death of Mzee Jomo Kenyatta, I would say, made many Kenyans to pray more mm. and to seek the face of God more. And this made the flames of the revival of the 70s to continue burning all over, not only in Nairobi, but all over Kenya. Mm. And I would say, Crisco Church is one of the churches that played a very, very prominent role in lunch our meetings, especially within the city here, before they moved to Kisumu. Because yeah. the, the city, uh, city hall and Nat Hall, Odeon Cinema, in such places, they had lunch hour meeting where people would pray. But one thing I will not forget that I mentioned this morning, young people played a very prominent role in the revival flames of the 70. Mm. And young people can still play a major role. Amen. For us to have the move of God like what we had in the 70s. Amen. Now, what he was mentioning when uh, we were in a meeting together with the Bishop Isaac Wawire, and I did ask him a question. Bishop, can we tell these people that they're doing more than we have, we had in the 70s? And he told me, no, 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 no. We expect more from them, but they have not even reached where we were. Mm. Yet we expect a mighty move of the Holy Spirit in their ministry, in their lifetime, and especially now. But one thing you should take note of, any time when God would like to do a new thing, God starts with young people. Amen. Any time when God wants to do a new thing, God starts with, new with young people. Now, not far from us here, we have Kariako Social Hall. Yes. Kariako Social Hall, I would call it as a center of revival by Apostle Jokayo. When Jokayo came from Uganda, Kampala, 1969, was conducting rallies all over Nairobi was preaching in high schools, colleges, medical training centers. I remember in 1976, there was a school for the secretarial college somewhere in Parklands. Is Parklands in this direction? <laughs> this direction. Yes. Yes, we went there in 1976. <laughs> <laughs> with the Apostle Joe Kayo. And many, many, many young people surrendered 
their lives to the Lord. Wow. Some of these young people played a very, very prominent role. One thing I found out, when it came to overnight, Kesha, praying the whole night, mm. young people, ah, <laughs> are they here? Yes. Are they ready? Yes. <laughs> I would say, that's why we had the flames of the 70s. Wow. Because of the young people. Mm. Not only Apostle Joker, we were together with the, the late Evans Murima, John Masinde, George Gichana, and others. When the late Evans Murima left Deliverance, he went to Jericho Social Hall first before he came here and went to, he came to Vishan Cinema. First he went to Jericho Social Hall. What he did, he got a group of young people. If you want to see things moving, <laughs> get young people. Amen. You know, one preacher one time was telling us that when David came, the day in which David killed Goliath, his brothers who were older than him, he was talking with them and asking them what should be given to the man who kills this man because he was seeing the anointing moving within him to bring <laughs> Goliath down. <laughs> Amen. But the brothers told him, go back and take care of our brother, fathers. Sheep. Don't stay around. So what he did, he moved out. He lived that. So if you are in the camp where you feel, that is not the right camp. Move out. Move out. Yes. <laughs> That's what David did. Yes. He moved out. And then he found a group, which one preacher was describing as a group of drug addicts mm. and the hopeless. Yes. In fact, those are the people who made Jephthah to be the king. Mm. Because they're the ones who told David, go, go ahead, go. They told him, go, go, don't waste your time. And they are the ones who took him to the king. Mm. So these young people, mm. God is ready to use them. Amen. The mighty God is ready to use them. Amen. And when Joel was gave, giving his prophecies, this is what Joel said. And it shall come to pass in the last days, mm. says the Lord, yeah. that I shall pour out my spirit, spirit upon all flesh. Yes. You are young men. Yeah. And young women. Mm. <laughs> you see who, who is mentioned? Young men? And young women. And young women. Mm. Except stones. But all flesh. Young men. And so, the Holy Ghost moved upon them. Mrema moved from Jericho Social Hall. He used the group of young people there. Kariako Social here, Hall here, Jokai started with young people. And I can mention quite a number of them. The young people that were filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. 
that were seeking God, mm. that were waiting upon God. Mm. I've not forgotten in 1987, when we were supposed to go with the late Reverend Dan or the oh, one of the pastors, I don't know, no, 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 it is, he was in the team of, uh, the team that came with Apostle Kimani. Mm. Uh, there's a team that came with Apostle Kimani. The same year, 1987, we went to Nakuru High School. God sees the future mm. in young people. Yeah. He sees the future. And if there was anything good that God gave us, a vision that God gave us in the 70s was to go to the high schools, mm. the colleges, yeah. the universities, mm. the medical training center. Mm. We were able to reach young people in these places. Mm. 1987, we went with the late Reverend Dan Odeyambo to Nakuru High School. And many young people surrendered their lives and got filled with the Holy Ghost. In May 22nd this year, I met a pastor who confessed to me for the first time. He asked me, are you John Onyango? I told him, yes. He didn't know Bill. Because those days, this called me Onyango Onyango. I said, yes. So, you came with the late Reverend Dan of the Ambo. That's the time when you laid your hands on me, fire came. Wow. I bubbled and rolled this side and this side. And can I tell you, Bishop, I'm pastoring a church in Nyeri. Wow. 1987. 87. That shows me that God has a plan with the young people. He sees the future. The role of us is to guide and pass on the mantle to the young people. Let's look. Then I remember also before I come to that one. 1987, the same year also, it was within a range of two weeks, we went to Kenyatta University. That was the first time I met Ruben Kigame. Yes. Blind, was taken to the piano, and the guy played the piano and I was preparing to preach it was on a weekday a Wednesday I don't know if the Kenyatta University still have that hall I've not been there for a long time now but it was a big hall it was not only for the students that time the chaplain was Watson Mulogoli uh, Watson Mulogoli and Jude, who was a Catholic father. 
One thing with the move of the Holy Spirit that we saw in the 70s, it was not only among the Pentecostals, it went even among the Catholics. Amen. And that is what produced what we were calling the Catholic Charismatics. Renewal. Yeah. Mm. Renewal. Quite a number of the Catholics, like Father Jude. Have you heard of Father Jude? You have not heard of Father Jude. But I know there is a powerful Father a powerful Jude. Father. Yeah. Yes. Was a Catholic father. Mm. He was in CIA. God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And then he, he stood up to conduct a mass. <laughs> with fire. When he raised his hand, the whole congregation went down. Even Mary. <laughs> <laughs> so they transferred him from Siaya to Kisumu. <laughs> the only thing they didn't know, they were transferring the fire from <laughs> one place to another place. He lighted the fire in Kisumu, Kibuye. So that's when they brought him to Kenyatta University. <laughs> we saw the move of God. I preached for about 45 minutes. Man yearning for the supernatural. And man turning to the supernatural. Hey! When we release the anointing of the Holy Ghost, things happened. Amen. There's a time I was uh, talking to Ruben Kegame on phone and I, I tried to remind him. Do you remember this when I came to Kenyatta University? I don't know whether it was second year or a first year, but he was a very good piano player in those days. Now, Samuel was a young person. God always has a plan with young people. When darkness is coming in the nation, when the nation is losing the vision, the Almighty God always has a plan with young people. So what God had planned for the nation of Israel, thank God for the mother of Samuel. She prayed and prevailed and Samuel was born. And God prepared Samuel. And God wanted to use Samuel. But Samuel did not know the Lord. But God began to speak to him. So there are some among you here. There are gifts upon you, but they are dormant. There are gifts that should be operating, but they are dormant. Some are not sure of who they are. Should I venture in? Should I not? Am I called? Am I not called? But you can be sure. If you come out by faith, yeah. each and every one of you here has the call Amen. of God. Amen. Each and every one of you here, there is one way or another in which God would like to use you. Mm. 
mm. which God would like to use you. Amen. If you are willing. Mm. Before I continue, maybe the yes. Sir. The what is interesting right from the beginning. You talked about how all these fellowships, Trinity Fellowship, I think the other one is Kenya. Yeah? Case. Kenya, Kenya Christian Students Christian Fellowship. Students Fellowship. How they brought the students to a TL Osborne meeting. Yes. That's not happening so much today. Today, that would be a meeting regarded to be way above the students. Students are mainly taken for meetings that are a bit of entertainment, not not Holy Ghost, yeah, not Holy Ghost meetings. But as a ministry, we've also had that burden to really bring students back to that because as a minister, I was impacted as a, a student right from high school and college because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Because I had experienced all the other things that the people above us thought that this is what the young people would want. Let's just bring them musicians. Let's just bring them uh, entertainment. And I was never satisfied until I encountered the power of the Holy Ghost. So I feel like if we are to experience what the people in the 70s experienced, then we have to go back to what helped them experience that. And from what you're sharing, it makes a lot of sense that they would organize students to go for a T.L. Osborne meeting. A meeting that was going to have miracles and emphasis on soul winning mm -hmm. that is that is something that i feel like we should really really get to and you've also encouraged us as young people even showing us david and different people uh, like samuel how god has used young people many times when bringing something new and we are so honored to also have a father like you who believes in the place of the young people and we believe that as a father you you you're doing your part of affirming the young people, reaffirming the young people. And if we go back to the, the before, now, before 1973, just your story of how you got filled with the Holy Ghost. And where were you? Were you a student? Were you a bishop already? <laughs> Uh, I got saved in 1965 and got filled with the Holy Ghost on 5th of April 1969 in Sriba Teachers Training College. It was in a Trinity Youth Camp. Trinity Fellowship, I would say, played a very, very prominent role in the lives of many young people all over Kenya. Trinity Fellowship was founded by somebody, the late Reverend C.H. Dawkins, who came to Kenya in the late 40s. And in the early 50s, he was one of the tutors at Sriba Teachers Training College. Where did he come from? He came from Great Britain. First, he wanted, uh, he went as a missionary to Ethiopia. But his mission in Ethiopia was not successful. And so the Holy Spirit led him to Kenya. But I would like us to take note of one thing that uh, God always has a plan for the nation. Mm. God has a plan. You might have, you have heard 
what some servants of God have said about Kenya. Yes. And the flames of revival. Mm. Being a nation that God had planned to be, to birth the revival, not only in Kenya, but in Africa. Africa. Yes. And one of the things that we should also know, quite a number of people who came to Kenya who didn't have ministries lived left this place with the flames of the revival to go back. I remember in one of the meetings that we were in with uh, Maurice Rulo, he saw many people coming to Kenya and picking the flames of the revival and going with that to different parts of the world. So I can remember quite a number of people that were came to Kenya for the first time and their ministries never remained the same. Mm. So during that time the Trinity Fellowship, Kenya students, Christian students fellowship were reaching young people. Mm. But it was a time that Kenya also was almost getting into trouble. The political upheavals of the day didn't argue well for the future of the nation. But I would say 1969 became the turning point for the nation of Kenya because that's the time quite a number of intercessors were raised. Many young people were praying. I can remember when we were in Trinity Fellowship we had uh, people like the late Nelson Munala, who maybe some might have heard of, people like Watson Mlogoli, and quite a number. They would, we would be in the Trinity Fellowship and they were praying the whole night. So what, how, maybe before you continue, so how were the Trinity Fellowship meetings? Would you meet on a Sunday morning? Was it, uh, how, 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 how was Trinity Fellowship operating? Now, the Trinity Fellowship, uh, they were reaching young people in the school, high schools, mm. colleges, other institutions of higher learning. But Trinity Fellowship used to have Trinity Youth Camp in April, August, and December. The same thing was happening with the Kenya Christian Students Fellowship. Yes. But Trinity Fellowship also, apart from December, August, and April, they had every weekend missions to schools. They had rallies, weekend challenges, they had uh, open air meetings. Mm. And the, all these were being conducted by young people. They were very aggressive when, until when uh, Deliverance came up. Okay. Deliverance Church came up in November 1970. Yeah. And during that time when Deliverance Church came up in 1970, through Trinity Fellowship, we also launched a fellowship for young people in Kisumu. First we started where we were students in Kisumu Boys High School. Then we moved to NCCK, the present Jumia Guest House. Mm. So that place 
is where we were meeting every Sunday afternoon. So people would come from their different churches? Yes, people would come you... from different churches. Okay. And uh, young people were getting saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and we had a team. We were now having open-air meetings. We were going to schools. We were going to colleges. We were going to the medical training centers. And quite a number of young people were getting saved, getting filled with the Holy Spirit. So that kept us busy. But above all, it was a time when God was visiting Kenya. That's what I would say. It was God's time to visit the nation Kenya. So the wave of the revival picked up in the early 70s. Yeah. And quite a number of young intercessors were coming up. Ministries were coming up. And in all those who were saved in the late 40s, 50s, and early 60s, some of them who had backslid came back. Some who had gone dry were revived. Wow. They picked up the fire, fire. Mm. together with us. Wow. So, so in this school where you were filled with the Holy Ghost, so Trinity Fellowship had come to minister. Right? They go like for a weekend challenge. So they had come. <coughs> no, no, no. Yeah. I was filled in Maseno Sriba Teachers College. Yeah. But one thing we should take note of, there are some places which are very important yeah which i may call as wells of revival mm. there are some places you remember somewhere in the bible where it is said god told the children of israel he will he was to direct them where they were going to build the altar and in that place, that is where they were going to take their tithes or offer their sacrifices. Mm. So there are some specific places yeah. within Kenya where God designed to be what I may call as wells of revival. Mm. Like you remember, Isaac was redigging the wells that were dug by his father. Yes. Jake, uh, his father, uh, 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 Jacob was uh, no, Abraham. Oh, it's not Jacob was redigging Isaac's. Isaac was digging, redigging the wells oh. that were dug by his father, Abraham. Okay. Yeah. These wells, they were blocked by the Philistines. Yeah. So we have wells of revival. We have specific places where God would like to move. We have individuals that God picked up to use, to anoint, and to stir up the flames of revival for the nation. So Maseno Siriba Teachers College is a special place. Why do I say so? It's a special because the story of Maseno goes up to 1906. Wow. And you know, 1906 is when the first missionaries came to Nyanza. And these first missionaries, when they came, you see, 1906 is not far from 1904 when Azusa Street Revival broke up in America. Yes. 
And you have to take note of this thing that God does what God is doing in this part of the world. He's doing it also part, yeah. in the other part of the world. So, the 1906, when Dawkins launched Trinity Fellowship in 1963, the Trinity Fellowship in 1963, it was just a matter of redigging the wells of the revival that have been there. So what happened in Marcelo in 1906? Is there something that happened? Yes, the missionaries came there. Yeah. They came from Great Britain. They were praying people. They were seeking God. And they planted. I would say, now take note that of this. The Lord said, where you have stepped in, hmm. I've given you that. Yeah. And the places that Abraham dug, God assured Abraham, this land I've given you. Mm. So those places, the wells that Abraham dug, the Philistines blocked them. But Isaac had to redig them. So re that's what, what we need, we call a revival. It's just a matter of coming back, like restoring the parts, mm. the old broken walls. Yes. Restoring restitution of those things which we had and we lost them. Yeah. Like now when we are saying we are crying for a revival. A revival is a time when sinners would like rush to be saved. They decide to come to the house of God. Those who are born again have a desire to pray. They want to seek God. They are fasty for God. But there are specific places. Not every place. Mm. Like now, you have this place. Yeah. This is already an altar. Mm. And it's an altar for revival. Amen. The move of the Holy Spirit that has been here. Yes. <laughs> that move of the Spirit of God. Like, if you want to know where God has moved, mm. that, that anointing remains. In 1976, Maurice Rulo had a crusade at Uhuru There was somebody, I don't know, he came from Wundanyi. And he had it, there was somebody healing the cripples in Nairobi. So they brought him all the way from Mundani to come and get healed. Only to arrive when Maurice Rulo had left. Mm. And so he asked them, where was he standing when he was preaching? <laughs> so they brought him and the moment he stood there, he got healed. Wow. <laughs> And you remember what I told those of you who are here this morning when we went to Kisumu Girls, the assembly, the platform where we were preaching, we left. I and the late Reverend Dan left. But the headmistress came and stood where we were. And the moment she opened her mouth, the fire fell down. Mm. So the anointing remains there. Mm. 
that place is marked. Mm. You have heard of beacons? Yes. So the Holy Heaven has beacons in some places. Wow. There are beacons, there are places that have been marked. Mm. Those places, even demons fear them. Mm. Now, Satan has places. Mm. You might have read, you might have heard, there are some places in the world that even airplanes cannot fly over there. Mm. There are power forces in those places yeah. which don't allow even airplanes. <laughs> some airplanes that have attempted to go through them have gone down. Yeah. Those are marked by forces of darkness. Mm. How about the anointing? Amen. Amen. So you must know that whatever you're doing here, you're stirring up what others have done yeah. in the past. Yes, we, we, when we came to Kisumu, we really felt that because when we were coming to Kisumu, I say, uh, as we go for the Ignite meetings, I feel like I'm taking revival to a place. Amen. Then for most of these places, I have come feeling impacted more than I did. Like when I came to Kisumu hearing the stories you're telling us and telling us that very social hall, how it was used by Apostle Murima, how it had been used by Apostle Jokayo, Apostle Jokayo mm -hmm. and the great things that had happened there. But before we continue with that, a good story that I have told many times a recent story that I want you to tell from, from your own words is the story of this lame man who walked in when we came to Kisumu for Ignite, the one from your church. In the morning we talked about it a little, but... Oh, our, brother Geoffrey. Uh, Geoffrey, now we know the name, okay? We are, <laughs> we are not going to say the man anymore. We are going to say brother Geoffrey. Brother Geoffrey became sick and lame and uh, he lost his job because of that and so for more than five months Geoffrey was sick lame lost his job it was members of the church who were helping brother Geoffrey but during the time of the ignite when you came Geoffrey got healed amen and Geoffrey walked amen and Geoffrey is walking up to now and not only that Geoffrey got back his job. Amen. And Geoffrey, I, I even didn't know Geoffrey's a driver. We wanted to go to the funeral of one of the uh, sons of our pastors. And he, he called me. And I said, well, we, you can come and be with us. And he asked me, who will be driving you? My usual driver. No, 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 don't. I'm going to drive you. And Geoffrey is the one who drove me to that place. With that very leg. Yes. Amen. Perfectly healed. Yes. Job back. Yeah. Family happy. They are doing well. Wow. Amen. And, 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 and your son, I remember your son was healed of ulcers. Was it Oh, ulcers? yes. Yes. My son was also healed of ulcers. Yeah. Very healthy. Yeah. Very strong. Wow. And back to school. Wow. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And I remember the last time I was in Kisumu, you told me that I should start recording those testimonies. You told me that is what Reinhard Bonk used to call 
the, the, the seed that remains. The seed that remains. <laughs> yes. I think we should also call it that. Yes. You can do like Bonke did. Eh? Yes. Yes. Come and follow up. Yes. The seed that remains. Yeah. That is what will remind you of what God did when you were in Kisumu. Amen. So you can do the same thing. Amen. Yes. Now, Bishop, amongst the people that you've interacted with, uh, I want you maybe to share with us about three people who impacted your life most and your interaction with them. I would like to hear, like you've talked of Archbishop Silas Sowiti, you talked of T.L. Osborne, you talked of uh, Apostle Philemon Washara, all these people that you've been telling us, who really impacted your life and you remember particular events that you can tell us? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, there are several others that I would say really impacted my life. Yes. One of them is the late Reverend C. H. Dawkins. Yes. He really impacted my life. This That's mission. the founder of Trinity Fellowship. Yes. Yeah. The founder of Trinity Fellowship. The next person who impacted my life very much was the late Archbishop Silas Owiti. Archbishop Silas Owiti used to invite us to his house in Ondiek Estates, house number 168. And, <laughs> and he had a box guitar. And uh, he would, we would, I, I was a singer. And we you, sing you and are. you still are a singer. <laughs> yes. And Silas will play the guitar. But one area in which the late Archbishop Silas really impacted my life. He's somebody who will go with him to a mission and he didn't see us as students. He would give us time to preach. Amen. Like I remember in 1970, we went with him to a in uh, this uh, uh, a Bible teacher's training college in, in, um, let's see, in Vihiga County. Uh, 1970, I was a student and he gave me time to preach. And teachers, a student preaching to teachers that's the one you said you are Form 2 student. Is that when you are in Form 2? Yes, when I was wow. in Form 2. Wow. And I'm preaching to teachers who are in a teacher's training. Iregi, Iregi. Iregi Teachers Training College. And I was a student in Form 2. Wow. But to my surprise, teachers got saved. Amen. And some of them are still standing up to now. Amen. So, then the other person who really impacted my life was Apostle Joe Kayo. This was, was a man that really impacted my life with his way of ministration. And uh, a, he would call me, invite me to Nairobi here. He would keep me in Ziwani Hostel here. And I'll be attending Jerik or Karyoko's social hall meeting. 
we would go with him to crusade like in Kilome. I'll be in, he had an office at church house. And uh, we will be in the office there. He brought us together with other young people, like the late Evans Morima, John Masinde, and uh, others. And working together with the apostle Joe Kyle really impacted my ministry. So it's one of those I can say that really impacted my ministry. Wow. In 1976, we organized. The first time I had him was in 1969. And that was the year that I, I met him in the house of the late Archbishop Silas Oiti. And then from there on, we interacted until 1960. So he was, he was close to Archbishop Silas Oiti? Very, very much close to the late Archbishop Silas Oiti. In fact, uh, Apostle Jokai used to call Kisumu Jerusalem. Reasons why he was calling Kisumu Jerusalem was because of the move of the Holy Spirit yes. that was there that impacted many people yes. through some. And uh, there is also somebody who really impacted my life with just sitting down with him. That is the late Blasio Okingbara. Yes, I was going to just mention that name you talk about. He, he's the one who prayed for Apostle Jokai to be filled with the... He baptized Apostle Jokai. He said he baptized him. Uh, Blasio Okingbara, he used... He was working in Vika, Saiso yes. Estates. Yes. And uh, Bildad Kagia mm. came from America with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Yes. He preached to Blasio King Bara, and Blasio King Bara got filled with the Holy Ghost. Wow. He went to Nyanza with that fire of the Holy Ghost, and that fire spread. Blasio King Bara came together with somebody called Alanojuang Iro. Now, this Alanojuang Iro is one of those who picked the fire from someone from South Africa called Nicholas Bengu. Bengu. Yes. Nicholas Bengu used to be called the Black Billy Graham of Africa. Mm. A real crowd puller. Yes. A man with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Yes. That's where William... Uh, uh, Reinhard Bonke. No, no. He also inspired Reinhard Bonke. Nicholas Bengu. Yes. Yes. So, uh, Blasio Kingbara, Became uh, the he's the one when uh, Joe Kayo got saved in T.L. Osborne Crusade in 1957 in Mombasa. It's Blasio who baptized him, immersed mm. him in water. Mm. So Joe Kayo identifies himself with Blasio Kingbara. Mm. But Blasio Kingbara, uh, together with uh, Bildad Kagia, the fire they brought in Nyanza, the loose who got saved were identifying themselves as Jokagia. Jo? Jokagia. Jokagia. <laughs> and if you wanted the real radical, those who, whom they will say are properly saved. 
properly said. <laughs> and not, properly filled mm. with the Holy Ghost, the Lewis will tell you Joka gear. <laughs> and so the Joka gear are, are from Builder Kagia. Oh. Uh, but you know, Builder Kagia went into politics, mm. but he came back again. Mm. Builder Kagia came back again. Mm. He remembered his call, and I remember there was a time I was listening to the late Jomo Kenyatta. Mm. Jomo Kenyatta was telling, Na wewe, Builder Kagia, we tulianza na wewe, angalia yu maskini we uko nayo. Yeah? But Builder Kagia alisema yu mambo ya ufisadi ndiyo mimi likuwa sitaki. Mm. Which means Builder Kagia came back mm. to his God. Wow. So bless your King Bara. Yes. He impacted my life just sitting down with him wow. and narrating. And there are many then that is Philemon Wachara. Yes. Philemon Wachara was a man of miracles. Yes. <laughs> In 19. Uh, uh, 19, uh, 19, uh, 1973, 72. Yeah. I went to a crusade he was preaching in. And that is the first time I saw him commanding a cripple to rise up and walk in the name of Jesus. Yeah. That stirred up my faith. Wow. Such that when I went to Chemelil, I was preaching in a, just open air meeting, not even a crusade. And we happened to bump on a blind person. And we said, you must see in the name of Jesus. <laughs> wow. The person saw, the eyes were opened. Wow. And that person was able to see. Amen. Amen. Do you really believe that these things can happen today? They can happen yes. if there are people who believe yes. in miracles. Amen. <laughs> they how can many, happen. How many believe in miracles? <laughs> are we ready to see these things again? Yes. Tell your neighbor, I'm not too young. Not too young. It is my time. Yes. Wow. And about the, the vision you saw of A.A. Allen. A.A. Allen is one of the people that I really loved reading God's Generous. A. Allen really stood out for me because he was, what should I say, a man of tenacity. I see the way he, him praying to believe to start seeing miracles, how he, he told his wife, don't cook, I'm fasting. And every time she started cooking, he would smell the food and come back and eat. And, and until the wife, <laughs> the wife now would cook for him even if he said I'm not eating she just knew he's going to come out <laughs> and he would come out and like uh, uh, but the last time she said this time I'm not coming out and the wife made for him and he didn't come out and God spoke to him 13 things of which he only mentions 12 he said one he will not mention and from that he was inspired by Oral Roberts he had attended Oral Roberts meeting but he became a man of faith, great miracles. There are videos on YouTube, you see him pull people out of stretchers. So someone who had stomach cancer had not eaten for over 21 days, so thin, you could literally see the bones. 
and got that person off the stretcher. And you know, as he's preaching, he's saying, he's, he keeps pointing at him and he's preaching, he says, I would rather be in a real prison than in a prison of a stretcher. <laughs> and you see the man he's pointing at the stretcher is there. That was A.A. Allen. And says, brother, God wants to get you from that prison. Are you ready to walk? Run! <laughs> you know, that was A.A. Allen. So, Bishop That Paul, one you are narrating. Yes. One thing, the anointing that was operating in the lives of these people. Yes. God is, was passing them to some of us. Amen. So, I saw the vision of A.A. Allen. And just like he's narrating how A.A. Allen commanded somebody to rise and walk. I did that about three times. One in 1995, I was preaching in Rongo. A woman was brought in by four people and laid down. And I was preaching from the book of Mark chapter 11. With God, all things are possible. possible. And I commanded her, with God, she turned this side. Possible, she turned again. The next time she stood up. Another one, just like he was narrating, after seeing the vision of A.A. Alan, was in Makunga, East Wanga, Kakamega County. This was 1977. We had uh, an all-night preaching, praying, casting out de devils. I went to bed around 4 a.m. And then around 9 a.m., some people carried a woman. And they brought it to that home. And they were telling the, the, the pastor there had a vehicle. So they said the only way to save the, the life was to rush to the hospital. And then this pastor called me. And I looked at this woman. And the anointing just came upon me and I stretched my hand in the name of Jesus. Then she woke up, stood up, and walked. Amen. And one, I think I narrated that to you. We were in Ondieke State with a doctor. Yes, yeah, you told us. And they called the doctor, this woman is about to die. Then, a young preacher, what I thought of, let's pray. But the doctor thought of, let's rush out of the hospital. And he called a taxi. I laid my hands on her in the name of Jesus. She got healed, but the doctor insisted she must be taken to the hospital. So when they were going to the hospital, she sat up and asked them, where are you taking me? But you were sick. No, 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 no. She got healed. Amen. She was taken back. Amen. You know, when you shared that, you, these, these, you know, there are things that I believe, but hearing some things from from a believer, somebody that has gone ahead of you, there is a way they, they confirm a witness that you have in you. Uh, I know many times God can either confirm impartation or uh, a new level that he's taken you into 
by using such visions. I remember a crusade that I preached in, in, in Uganda, which still stands out up to today. I feel like I've never preached in a crusade where I've seen power like that. And it was in a place in Eastern Uganda, Teso region. Before that crusade, I had had a vision. I had a vision in which I saw T.L. Osborne. I've narrated the vision here, but it's a vision where he saw him lead me from one house. He's showing me another house that is better. And when I went for this meeting, we were there. There's a pastor friend. Uh, he's called Pastor Eric Wandeba. I was here this week. And another pastor called Otim. You know, we just used to go in our group. We are doing a mission. We have students. And so I came late for the crusade. I didn't come on the first day. So the very day I arrived, now Pastor Tim tells me you're preaching this evening. You, actually, he told me you're preaching as preaching. There is a home, then at the crusade. And during those days, it's not like we are preaching like this. It's a time where I would feel like if I'm preaching at a crusade, you have to tell me at least some days earlier. I need to fast and now I'm here eating breakfast and it's when you're telling me to, you know, I can't spit the food and start fasting. So he told me, you're preaching this evening. So I got in that crusade. I didn't have a sermon up to the time of the crusade. I kept praying, God, what should I say? What should I say? So I knew one song in Ateso, their language. I started singing so they, they would relate. Then I remembered an obvious scripture, uh, Acts chapter 3, about the lame man at the gates. Beautiful. And then I started sharing about that. They started pushing a lame man forward. The people started pushing a lame man forward. Just when I started to minister about that. And you know, all of a sudden I was just excited. I just told them we are beginning with this one. And that man got healed. He saved me from looking for someone. I didn't need to preach. And the power of God hit that place. And at the end of the crusade, my young brother, that time was even, was he in high school? I don't remember. But he brought me a Mountain Dew and told me, man of God, you preached like Chiel Osborne. You know? <laughs> yes. This is what you should know. The anointing that was upon all Roberts, the anointing that was upon Chiel Osborne, the anointing that was upon Ireland, is hovering looking for individuals that are ready to pick Amen. that anointing. Amen. It's only those who will avail themselves to be instruments that the Holy Ghost can use. Mm. That anointing is still there. Mm. The way in which that anointing was working upon T.L. Osborne, mm. there was the anointing that was working upon Bonke. Mm. That anointing, like now, if you could see when Daniel Kolenda was preaching, Yes. You would think it is Bonke. Mm. Mm. Just the anointing yes. that was upon Bonke. Yeah. The way he was conducting things. Now, Benny Hinn picked the anointing from this lady. Catherine Kuhlman. Catherine Kuhlman. That's where Benny Hinn picked the anointing. The anointing that was upon Catherine Kulma was so heavy. But the anointing was looking for somebody somewhere. Mm. The individual may die, but the anointing does not die. Amen. 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 And 
you, you said earlier that you really loved the way Apostle Jokayo ministered. Apostle Jokayo is one man I longed to meet. He came to Uganda a number of times. He used to come for deliverance church conventions. And most of the times, I could not go. My family would go and I could not go. Either I was in school, something always happened. And when I came to this nation, I looked for him. Until I went and attended meetings in Hotel 680, I met him personally. Actually, when we had just registered this ministry, I took to him the documents and told him to pray for me in Hotel 680. <laughs> and he was very gracious to me, gave me his personal number, told me you can call me. I bought his books. One that stood out, the lion has prevailed. I liked his style of ministry because it was not something that I saw. I, I loved ministers who speak the word, not hype, but the word, until you can't sit on your seat. You know, with hype, the minister will make you stand up. But with the word, you just keep, like, like what you told me how T.L. Osborne used to say, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, until you cannot sit, you're, you're just excited because of what the Bible says. So one thing you should know yes. with Jokayo, yes. Jokayo is one of those ministers that I would say that availed himself to be used of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He was very much operating under a high level of anointing especially in the Holy Spirit. Mm. And that is why he reached so many and he touched so many young people. Mm. Jokai was one of those that was operating, moving in a very high degree of the anointing. And there is somebody who would confess, I, 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 I didn't go after, I went up to standard six. Yes. That's what he would confess. Yes. Up to today he says that. Yes. And I went up to standard six. But I am, I'm just a donkey. Hmm? But I've availed myself to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So anybody that is willing to avail, to give himself to the Holy Spirit, you're going to see the move of the Holy Spirit. Miracles come from the Holy Ghost. Yes. The Holy Ghost is the same Holy Ghost that raised Jesus from the dead. It's the same Holy Ghost that was upon Moses. Amen. The same Holy Ghost that was upon Elijah the prophet. Oh, it all depends on how you avail yourself. Yes, Don't come over how holy you are. Avail yourself. Amen. Amen. And during these, during the, the meetings, the times you are with Apostle Jokayo, what are some of the, let me say, crazy things that you saw? Things that you saw that you would wish for us to see in this generation? That you, you know, I've been told things. My dad, my dad witnessed the power in Makere University. Said, I think Apostle Jokayo was the first either African preacher to preach in Makere University. I don't know during a what. And he said, bring three blind people here, three deaf people, three lame people. And my dad saw those people all healed before he preached. And then other people, he went, I think, to high schools. They talk of manifestations of where people gathered to pray and the power of God fell. They wanted to run out and the doors shut and no one could open the doors. They had voices of, you know, angels worshiping. 
and you know people coming from traditional background and all that like i heard of that twice people wanted to run out of the chapel and while they reached the door those doors just shut and fell back in the presence of god so what what, what experiences what did you see joe when ben son idahosa came to kenya they connected with joe kyle and in 1973, they had a crusade in Lagos. Benson in Dahosa preached, then left it to Jokayo. Very, very big crusade. Was it a, a crowd coming to over 500,000? And many got healed, many got delivered. Jokayo, in fact, reasons as to why Jokayo came with deliverance. Deliverance was always manifestation because joker would start preaching and there will be manifestation of demons in the meeting joker was the kind that would command a demon to go to the tree and shake the tree <laughs> in fact that's why he came with the name deliverance i remember an incident in which he prayed for somebody who had a was operated and uh, the storm, the, the, the intestines were cut and he prayed and that person got healed and he got he was called by doctors at Kenyatta to go and explain how this happened wow God do it again man. we should be called by doctors to go and explain that's what we want. He had a crusade in uh, Madari. That was around, is it 75, 76? He had a crusade in Madari. Many miracles happened. Many, many, many miracles happened in Madari here. We had a crusade together with him in 1976. I think that was in October. Kilome in uh, Makweni County. Many, many miracles happened. But at Kariaku here, once, you know, we Lewis used to call him Wudangaj. Uh, Meaning? <laughs> we, just, we just found people calling him Wudangaj. <laughs> when he preaches, he <laughs> I should start doing that. Especially as Kareko here. The man was flowing in a high degree of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. There was a very high anointing operating in his ministry. But he depended on the Holy Spirit. Wow. Wow. Amen. This, uh, a few weeks ago, we were in Kakamega, and we were told that there is a time Archbishop Benson Idahosa was coming from Kampala, and he was meant to, to have a meeting in Nakuru. I don't know if you heard of that. Bishops or pastors had organized for him to have a meeting in Nakuru. Then, on the way to 
Kakamega. I don't remember whether it's between Kakamega and Eldoret, Kakamega, Kakamega and Busia. Somewhere there that he stopped, he told the driver to stop, got a bottle of oil and anointed a place and said, That's who? Uh, Bishop Benson. Then he said, the revival that is going to hit this nation is going to begin from around here. So when I was being told that when we went to Kakamega in 2018, 18-17, God told us about a move of God that is going to hit this nation, but it will mainly be from Western Kenya and Nyanza region. Mm. Then hearing this was a great, a great witness, hearing that he was coming to Nakuru, he stopped there. Actually, he didn't have the meeting in Nakuru. That he just anointed that place. And uh, we were told that the only person who may know the place was, is Apostle Jokayo. So the person who was narrating to us was telling us that <laughs> he met Apostle Jokayo. And he was asking him, so what is the exact place that this man anointed? And Apostle Jokayo told him, so that you do what? <laughs> <laughs> So that you go and build a monument there, so that so that you worship the place. At Apostle Joka said, "I know the place, but so what?" Well, I, I know some reasons as to why Apostle Joka was saying that because yes. he was somebody who, used, who preaches the word. Yes, he believes in the power of the word. Yes, don't depend on the particular places that you have to go there. Yeah. In fact, these were reasons why some people were blaming Benny Hinn that there were times he would go to the grave of Catherine Colma. Yeah. And this was wrong. Yeah. So we should depend on the word, not any place anointed by Amen. any servant of God. Amen. Get into Amen. the word. Amen. It is in the word where there is the anointing. Amen. 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 Just the word. Yes. And that is, what, that is one thing that I really, really loved about Apostle Jokal, like I was telling you. We used to attend the, the meetings. I used to go with my wife. By that time, we were not even married. Just come to Kenya and was excited about this and invited. Actually, the first meetings I invited, I didn't even know she would be my wife. We were not even. Nothing had happened. <laughs> but we... We, we, we would go and he speaks that the word. I remember there is a meeting where as he's preaching the word, the power of God lifted a lady. I think she was seated somewhere close to the back as he's just preaching the word. And the power of God brought that lady to the front. Demons came out of her. I think she testified. I don't remember why she was healed of either HIV or something like that. And you no, know, he would just go on because he... He sings songs, he just has an organ, somebody, a keyboard, somebody just playing the keyboard. He sings songs and just says, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And he says, if it's not in the word, I cannot offer it to you. Let's say, yeah, Jokai will not give you anything. This word that I'm preaching to you has everything. So I really love that because that was rare that time when I came. It was rare to, to find in Nairobi where emphasis has really, really been put on the word because we put a lot of emphasis on they are important things but I feel like the devil tries to change order of priority many times we think that being laid hands on is more important than getting in the word receiving a word of prophecy is more important than you getting in the word of God mm. but I saw Apostle Jokayo emphasize the word and 
that that was a very wonderful thing places are important yes but the most important thing is the word mm. thy word have I, I hid in, in my heart, in mine heart that I might not sin against you. Your word is a lamb unto my feet and a path to mm. a light, a light to my path. Yes. So get the word, yeah. or else you are going to build. That's how cults start. Cults are built around some places. Like now, we have Catholics who have got to go to Nyauru. I don't know if you have heard of Nyauru. Where I've some, been there. You have been there. Mm. Yes, some Catholics have got to go to Nyauru. Now, we have some individuals that every year they have got to go to Godquare in South Nyanza. They must visit that place. And uh, some also must visit a particular place. That one is what God rebuked the children of Israel about. Mm. They are building walls, mm. building fences, yeah. but without the Lord. Mm. There are things we do which are not from the Lord. We are going to build a monument mm. and then worship. You remember the son Absalom, the son of David. Yeah. He didn't have a son or he didn't have sons. But he built a monument in the place of sons for him to be remembered. But monuments are not going to bring deliverance to the nation. Mm. Monuments turn into shrines. Mm. Shrines, evil forces can overtake them. Mm. Or they can get hold of them. And so instead of worshiping God... You're worshipping evil forces, fallen angels of darkness. Mm. And so some people, but they, unless they touch that shrine, yeah. then there is no anointing. Mm. Unless they touch the shrine, mm. the power is not flowing. Mm. That's what we call profane fire. Wow. Mm. That is profane fire. It's not the anointing of the Lord. Somewhere there were people, the children of Israel, who would get into the house of God, but they would pray, not talk, praying to the living God, but they were worshiping another God. So it is very, very possible at times that individuals who might have been used of God or places where God might have moved mightily can be turned into a place instead of honoring the word, the honor, the creator, we turned them into idols. So we have to be very careful yeah. with those. And that's why it is very important for us to flow in the Holy Spirit, get the word. Remember, one of the things, especially in the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 6, the Lord reminded the children of Israel, told them, these words you shall teach them, your children. Teach them. Think about them. Meditate about them. Then write them at the doorpost of your house. Anytime, when you are sitting down, when you are rising up. When God was talking to Joshua, when he was about to take the leadership, 
what the Lord told Joshua was that this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate therein day and night. No man shall be able to stand before you. So meditate. And then we see in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And the word became flesh. And dwelt among men. So that word, that's what we need. Reverend Benjamin may be mightily used of God. Get the word. Amen. But don't look to Benjamin. Amen. The Bible says, look unto me, ye ends of the earth. Mm. That's the Lord speaking. Mm. Men might have been used of God in the past. But, you know, only young ministers, we allow them to do that. Like, you know, the young minister was coming up was Elijah. He was following Elijah. They cruised over. And after cruising over, Elijah went. So he remained alone. So when you are a young minister, you can make mistakes. You are allowed <laughs> to make mistakes. So when he came, he didn't know how to start. So what did he do? Where's the God of Elijah? In other words, he was not still his God. He was not sure. Where is the God of Elijah? Yeah. He was still referring to the God of Elijah. Mm. He had not become. In other words, that word was not in him. Mm. Have that word mm. within you. Yeah. Be part of that word. Yeah. The living word. Amen. Wow. Amen. I like that you touch that. That is something that I've never really talked about, but it's something that I felt that I should talk about some time, especially amongst uh, we the charismatic and Pentecostal people. I feel like there are some things that we've taken. We just take one line and it almost becomes a doctrine. We don't build as a doctrine, but I've had many people who say, pray to the God of my father, the God of this. And the only reference they have is Elisha. You know, no no reference in the New Testament, mm -hmm. not anywhere, but we'll say that, that as I pray. And which I believe is so wrong and demeaning to a child of God. Because yeah. God has to become your God, not just the God of your father. Not just the God of... Yeah, so uh, I, I like that you talked about that. You know, there were revivals. South Africa had a mighty revival. A very mighty move of the Holy Spirit that swept East Africa. Went and swept South Africa. And uh, you remember some of the songs we were singing in East Africa and the revival. Mungu bariki Africa. Ilipate kuinuka. That song was a revival song. Tanzania took it as their national anthem. South Africa took it as their national anthem. Wow. It was a revival song. 
which means it is possible some songs or choruses they are from God but the enemy can take them mm. the move of the Holy Spirit can begin very well mm. but if there are no checks and balances in the spirit and with the word it will turn into a cult that move of the spirit that swept southern Africa gave us false many cults in South Africa they are in Congo they are in Switzerland they are in South Africa itself they are found in Malawi they are found in Zambia they also came to Kenya the people who built the gate of Kenyatta International Conference Center we have them here they have been struggling to become Kenyans they usually put on white garments I don't know if any of you have seen them they put on white garments these people are in a revival a mighty revival in southern Africa they came together you know when there's a revival like the revival that was there of Bildad Kagia there were many who were saved in Kiambu here and Mount Kenya but in some places because there were no checks and balances it turned into an edible fruit is somebody getting me somewhere how does it turn into an edible fruit if holiness righteousness is not taught the move of the spirit will turn into a cult another thing altogether one may be asking what really happened with the move of war was it of god or it was not of god if you would ask some some are confused was this move of war was it of god or it was not of god another very very important thing members within the body of christ you must fellowship with others you must know there are others somewhere jesus said other sheep i have also they must also come to this fold and you must know like remember there was a time when the disciples of jesus met somebody casting out devils in jesus name and they stopped him stop bwana wewe utufuati sisi atujui habari yako wewe umetoka wapi when they came and reported and told him master we found somebody casting devils and we really rebuked that person because we didn't want him to use your name and we, we don't see him but Jesus told them he's one of us so there are people that may not be with us in the fellowship they may not be in our church but they're part of the, the body, body of the holy spirit may be speaking through them let us listen to them and uh, one thing that i've said repeatedly learn to discern the body discern the body the body is one but has many members mm. there is the ear there's the eye there's the hand 
and there's the league. And all are serving one purpose. And the eye cannot say, I can do without the mouth. We need one another. Learn to discern the body. In fact, there was a portion that he, he didn't want to complete. That is the great mistake that William Branham made when he began to attack his fellow ministers like Billy Graham, Oral Roberts, and others. That is a mistake we should not do. We need to come. Come for fellowship. Come and we talk. Come and let's listen to one another. If we are not willing to listen to one another, then we are not discerning the body. Mm. And discerning the body means that we are listening to the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul has these words. I wish he puts it there for you in the screen to read in Philippians chapter 2 from verse 1 to 4. Philippians chapter 2. One to four. Verse 1 to 4. If therefore be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercies, continue, fulfill ye my joy, that ye may be like-minded, having the same love. Being of one accord and of one mind, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Verse 4. Look not every man on his own things. But also on the things of others. Give us Ephesians 4 1 to 7. Ephesians 4 1 to 7. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. With all Lonely. lowliness and, and meekness. With long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity in the spirit, in the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord. One, one faith, faith one, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Amen. But you know, Paul had a problem with Peter. Somebody did ask, why did Paul at times part ways with Barnabas, the person who introduced him to the faith? 
there were sharp differences. It is possible there's likely to be sharp differences in our midst. But there comes a time when some of us begin to walk in the flesh and we begin to spy on one another like politicians. This is dangerous, my brethren. And this is a time in which we need a Paul who will stand for the truth. Give us a G Galatians 2. Look at what, what they did. Galatians chapter 2 from verse 1. <laughs> In fact, verse 18 says, makes it, it's 18, we, we read it, but it says this for, if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself and transgress. But let's come to verse 1. 14 years after I went up again to Jerusalem with the Barnabas and took Titus with me also. Okay? I went up by revelation, communicated unto them that gospel which I preached among the Gentiles, but privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. But neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. Now, and because of false brethren, that's what I wanted very much. Not just false preachers, they are false brethren. False brethren. <laughs> who are false brethren? And because of false brethren, unawares brought in. When brought in unaware, they are spying on you. You are together. Who came in privy to spy on our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. These are people we have preached together. These are some of the problems we had in the 70s. God was using us, but some, ah, ah. No, 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 no. To whom we gave place by subjection, not for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. The truth. What we found happening was that some brethren did not want the truth. Yes, the anointing was there, but the truth was lacking somewhere. But of those who seemed to be somewhat, whatsoever they were, it maketh no matter. This is where Paul is very exceptional. God accepted no man's person, for they who seem to be somewhat in conference added nothing to me. <laughs> but contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of uncircumcision was committed unto me, as the gospel of circumcision was unto Peter, that what wrote effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, the same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. And when James, here is the problem. <laughs> when name calling comes, at times you may wonder what's happening within the body of Christ. There comes a time when James 
Cephas and John, who seem to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me. They gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship, that we should go unto the heaven, and they unto the uncircumcision. Uh -huh. Only that we should remember the poor, the same which also I was forward to do. Mm -hmm. But when Peter came to Antioch, I withstood him on the face because he was to be blamed. So there comes a time when some brethren had to be blamed. Yes, the anointing was upon them, but ah. Uh -uh. <laughs> <laughs> Brother God is using you, yes, but no. When the anointing is upon you and you are not willing to stand on the truth, you are likely to lead that movement into a cult. You are likely to lead that movement into a cult. Unfortunately, there was a time when some people were almost worshipping Murima. He had to rebuke them. Some were almost worshipping Murima. He had, and somebody cautioned him. Eh, mtu wa mungu, jihadari. Watu wana kuinua sana. Paka utakosa, mungu unaenda kutukua mahali pa mungu. Let Jesus be glorified. It doesn't matter how mightily you are used of God. When the mistakes, the mistakes are there, Paul told them. That's why some of us were telling you are wrong to say you are the mightiest. Eh? The mightiest. Where is God then when you are prophet or apostle, you become the mightiest? Where do we have that in the scripture? These were areas where Paul was challenging Peter. Peter, where did you get this? And in fact, God brought in Paul. Paul is the man that had the revelation of the church. You look at the letters of the apostle Paul, you'll find there is the church. That is the body that brings together the Gentiles and the Jews. You see the church, the way in which he was, he, he's, he was bringing the revelation of the church. And Peter also admitted, because Peter said, can you give us a second Peter 3.17? No, from 15. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 15. Right. And account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. If it's our, our brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto, given unto him, hath written to you. Hath written unto you. And hath also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand. <laughs> which they that are which that they that are unlearned and unstable. Rest, and they do as they do also other scriptures, and to their own destruction. Give us Philippians 3 11 up to 17. We have a problem. 
Philippians chapter 3. If by any means I, I might attain unto the, the resurrection, resurrection of, the dead. of the dead. No, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. But I follow after that if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself also have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before. 14. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. Verse 17. Brethren, be followers together of me. Mark them which walk as ye have of us for an example. Continue. For many, this is what I wanted. Of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are enemies. Continue. Whose end is? Destruction. Whose God is? Their belly. Whose glory is? Nation. Who mind? Earthly things. They are with us here. We walk, but like in my language, you say, bro, you What are we going to get in here? <laughs> what are we going to get here? If that's why you are saved, my brother, my sister. First and foremost, we want to go to heaven. We want to go to heaven. Heaven, we don't go with the strife. Heaven, we don't go when we are bitter, when we are enemies. Heaven, we go when we forgive, we love, we are free Amen. with one another. Amen. We want to go to heaven. Amen. But remember this. Yes, we want a high degree of anointing. We want to see things happening. But the Bible says, if you don't have love, all that is nothing. Give us that one. And I let him ask any other question if he has. Give us First Corinthians chapter 13. If you don't have love, my brethren, I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have no charity and become a sounding brass tingling symbol though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have no charity I am Nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, but I give my body to be burned. 
and they have, have no, no charity. charity. It profited me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth no, not itself. Is not puffed up. Doth not, not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh not evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. We know in parts and we prophesy, and we prophesy in parts. But when, but when that, that which is perfect is come, then when that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I, I spoke as, as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now, we see through the glass darkly, but then face to face, now I know in part that they shall know, even as also am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Amen. We had a problem with some of us in the 70s who God was using. Some would say, ah, you don't see miracles. You are wasting your time, my brother. Not all of us are for that, my brethren. There are some of us that God will use in that area. So we need not despise mm. one another. Amen. Ah. Hey, should Bishop Ober come back? Yeah. Or will we go and visit him in Kisumu? Yeah. <laughs> you know, from what he has said, let me just read this, which he, he said I didn't finish. Let me finish, but you will still buy the book, okay? Yeah. Will you still buy the book? We need intercessors praying that pastor get the page. Do we have intercessors in the house? Amen. God has answered your prayers. There are some spiritual happenings within the body of Christ that we may not have the knowledge as to why they are happening. This man of God left us a movement and especially in Kenya which was more of a thorn in the flesh the body of Christ in Kenya in the late 1970s through the early 90s they would spend their time in the open-air meetings mentioning the names of bishops pastors apostles and tell people what these men were doing and how immoral some of them were what they were saying about these men of God 
were true a fact that one could not dispute. But you use that when you preach to sinners. You know, this is something that has always been on my heart, especially as a young minister. Many times as we talk about the wrongs of other people, and you see, it's the same thing like talking these things on Facebook. It is preaching to sinners. Who reads your posts? Praise the Lord. Yes. So if we go and correct a brother on Facebook, a sister, we correct them on Facebook, that is telling everyone. And it is normally, it is normally our, it is normally self-righteousness. You get what I mean? It is normally to show that I'm not like them, I'm better than that. And it is a subtle way that the devil gets into people, especially people that may not necessarily have outward failures. I was, I was just reading this and we were talking with some people before, before we began this meeting. And Bishop goes on to write, this is the same thing that he writes here about uh, Dr. David O'War and William Branham. And you see this, look at people like William Branham. No one would blame William Branham for immorality. He was not sleeping with anyone. No one would blame him for drunkenness. William Branham was a very straightforward man. He didn't even take money that he deserved. You know, when people even wanted to offer him money, this is just your blessing, man of God. He refused. He really lived at what you call Pentecostal holiness. So the devil knew he would not get him in any of those areas. So how will the devil get him? Talk about what wrong Billy Graham is doing. Talk what wrong all Roberts is doing. Talk what wrong so-and-so is doing. And I told you a story of, uh, especially when I was in college, I really, really believed that I was righteous and I was the standard. I really, I really thought that, yeah, when people have visions, God tells them, have you seen my servant, Benjamin? You know, <laughs> that's... Uh, yeah, I think if, if God speaks to you about righteousness, he's going to, to use me as an example. <laughs> Until things were said about me that were not true. And all of a sudden, my reputation was on the line. And I started fighting for this reputation until God asked me, which reputation? And I realized that every good that I could have ever done Every testimony that people could say this man lives right is only because of the grace of God. It is not because of my own doing. And as I've gone on in ministry, why I like that Bishop Ober included such a chapter in the book. When we are young, I think I'm still young, especially because I'm sitting with Bishop Ober here. <laughs> when he leaves, I will change some words. I'll, I'll <laughs> But right now, I can't say that I'm not young. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, it, there is a way I really used to think that we are immune to temptation, like totally immune, you know? Like I really felt like, how can so-and-so do that? How can so-and-so do that? Because I felt like I cannot do that. And I think the devil loves that. Praise the Lord. God does not want us to love sin. God does not want us to walk in sin. You get what I mean? 
But many times we don't understand when self-righteousness is coming in. But the best way to measure whether it is self-righteousness, it is by the yardstick, which is love. You get what I mean? This that I am saying, this that I am posting, is it really out of love? Why am I mad at a brother or sister who has fallen? Am I mad at them because I want them restored? Brother, let me tell you something there you have reminded me. Yes. There was a minister who backslid. He went back into sin. So three of his fellow ministers began to talk ill of him. Then one night, one of these ministers who are talking ill of him saw a vision. But this person whom they were talking ill about was in a deep pit. And he was struggling, was coming up. God wanted to raise him, to bring him back, to restore him. But when he was at the age of the pit coming out, the three ministers through their tongue would hit him back. So when this minister saw this in a vision, God warned him, I'm trying to restore him. But you don't want him to come back. Mm, wow. God is willing that any of his ministers who backslid, let's not talk ill of them. Let's restore them. Let's bring them back. Let's show them love. Yeah. But don't attack them. Don't attack them. In Nairobi here, a brother backslid went into immorality and so two ministers went to counsel him. So one was a good counselor and one was a bad counselor. The first one told him, you, we don't even want to see you in the church. You are going to infect people with this, you are seen. We don't want to see you. With all that you have preached. That was the first counselor. They were together. Then the second counselor. Servant of God, when I remember the move of the Spirit of God in your life, I just cry that God will restore it back. That God will restore you back. This man touched him. They left. He wept. He came back to the Lord. But the other counselor went into the very sin this person committed. Are you getting me? Yes. The very sin this person committed. So, and that's why James is cautioning us about the tongue. It's better times to keep quiet than to talk. Even a fool, when he keeps quiet, is counted wise.
You keep on talking. Too much, too many will put you in trouble. The tongue, the tongue is very loose. It can put you in trouble. Hold now, your peace. Nowadays it's the keyboard. The tongue, the tongue is on the fingers. Yeah, but that's very powerful, Bishop. And, and you know you're saying that and there are many stories that I can remember, not just that one, of same scenarios. A minister came up in the name of I'm correcting a minister and later they fell to the same thing. Yeah, and because many times it's not really correcting because correction would be in love. Correction would be what medium is used. You know, especially there are many, there, there are things that are done that hurt us. And at times we, we correct people like we are maybe mad because of the people that they've affected. You get what I mean? But God is also not happy with the people you have affected. You get what I mean? Yeah, yours may not be that open, but there are people you spoke bad to and they were hurt forever. There are people, like there are, if our eyes are to be open, you would realize that we, that like David says, David said, blessed is the man to whom sin is not imputed. I think David had realized because every time David did something good, he wrote to God how God should punish the sinners. You know, as long as he was doing good, God remember them, they should not prosper. Their children should do what? As long as David was doing good, then he did bad. Oh, you are merciful God. Your mercy endures forever. You're... Then he became good and he again wrote about the bad people. I think until he came to a time, it's like, blessed is the man to whom sin is not imputed. And it is not, it, like, like I was saying, it was very hard for us to see, if we had been around, to see iniquity in Branham. Because there was nothing outward. You would not say Branham took somebody's money. You would not say he... <laughs> you see, like, William Branham, Yes. there's a very outstanding Bible teacher Gordon Lindsay. Gordon Lindsay. Yes. He corrected him. Yes. He was not willing to listen. Yeah. There was Ann Baxter. I don't know if you have read yeah, it. Yeah, Ann Baxter. Yeah. The a, very, yeah. A, a very good Bible teacher. Yes. He was not willing to listen. Then there was Kenneth Hagin. Yeah. Kenneth Hagin. Yes. Warned him. Yeah before he had the accident in 1966 yeah in which he died. he died yeah so the doctrine matters yes what kind of doctrine yeah you know doctrines they are doctrines that are brought by satan by devils to divert people from the truth, the truth. and if you go with that doctrine and lay emphasis on that doctrine, you may not be aware that you are working yeah. hand in hand with the devil. Yes. And that's why Paul cautioned Timothy to take heed to what he's teaching. Mm. 
the doctrine that he was teaching. Yes. One of the things that William Branham should have taken note of was that there were other members in the body. In the body. Yeah. And that, yes, he was a prophet. But can, can, can you give us Ephesians 2 20? Ephesians 2 20. Give us Ephesians 2 20. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20. Amahuna. You have a smaller Bible. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20. All right. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So, there are other prophets and there are other apostles. It is not built. The great mistake William Branham made was that what he was saying was the only one yes. that everyone had to listen to. Mm. That was the mistake that some of us made in Kenya here. That he's the only one. I remember some saying, who can start a revival except me? Oh, my brother. The moment you're saying that, yeah. you have taken the place of God. Mm. Who can God use? Ex the moment you're doing that, you are taking the place of God. That's why Jesus said, after you have done all that you can, say, we are unworthy servants. Just say, we are unworthy. Don't say, I've done it. Why do you think the good Samaritan came in? He came in when the Levite had come in and the priest had passed. The Levite was busy with his ministry and was rushing somewhere to conduct a crusade. Oh, Bible study. And the high priest was going to conduct the Holy Communion. So he had no time for the injured man, the good Samaritan. The Bible says it is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Let there be goodness in you. And goodness in us is a sign of humility. The Bible says God hates the proud. Pride is what I saw in some of the people we were with in the servants. God was using them Lakini kiburi. Kiburi. It doesn't matter how mightily God is using you. That's matter. 
if you are not willing to adhere to the word <laughs> let me read that one James 4 4 4 6 but he giveth more grace wherefore he saith God resisteth the proud but giveth grace unto the humble Amen. The moment pride gets in, that is when you become an easy prey for agents of the devil. Mm. You fall prey. Mm. There are evil forces that are prowling around looking for somebody to devour. Yeah. And the bishop, the apostle, is not exceptional. Don't tell us you are because you have been used. The cults that I was telling you about in Southern Africa, these men were mightily used of God. Some of these things of William Branham, in Nyeri, there was some people who embraced the William Branham doctrine when he was talking about Cain and what? Abel. And one pastor in Nyeri married seven girls at Agu. Wow. Wanawake saba mara moja mchungaji. His, his parents had dowers. His parents were rich. Seven. Marrying one, you finish the wedding and you're tired. At seven. Wow. So, my brethren, let him that stands take heed I, I, I like that first Peter 5 8 which says be sober be vigilant, be vigilant mm. because your yeah. adversary the devil the devil is as a roaring lion walketh, walketh about seeking whom he may devour he doesn't matter whether you how long you are preached can How long you have been in the ministry, that does not matter. Mm. Wow. What is needed there now is humility. Mm. One of the things the Spirit of God is telling us now is humility. Mm. Arrogance, pride is of the devil. Mm. That was the nature of the devil. Lucifer, until pride was found in you, you lifted up yourself and you said, I will be like the most high. Yeah. I will set my throne above. Mm. I'm the only one God is using. Eh? The moment you do that, you are touching the throne. Yeah. The moment you sing, I'm the only one. Yeah. Karibu. Wow. <laughs> Those are very good things to hear, very good truth to hear. Like, in that God's generals, Branham still stands out, and I refer to him a lot. As in, when I see the power of God, he, he, he's one person I really admire. But it is so good that Robert Lardon also wrote about this other side. 
and he, like how somebody can grow up that way. One of the things that was m even more painful was because of his humble background, you know. I used to think that the devil would have pity on you if you grow up poor, you're broke. At least he would not make you fail. At least you succeed. Wow. But, you know, because I just used to feel like it was unfair that Branham fell. Grew up very poor. Even as a minister, he refused to be rich. He didn't smoke. He didn't drink. He didn't sleep around. Ah, that one should not fall. But he fell. Because the devil is walking around seeking for whom he has a roaring land seeking for whom to devour and the more i have grown in ministry i have realized that it is possible like at the end we will all be able to say it was only by the grace of god that you are able to stand that uh we should be vigilant we should be sober i'm so glad you talked about that because i'd wanted to ask you a question on how we can stand and avoid the mistakes that some of these people made and you've talked about that and a lot of it is in the book and like i've said we've talked with bishop Ober. we are working on reprinting or publishing this book and it will be available and since all of us as a church we believe we are called for the move of god praise the lord we believe we are called for everyone is called for different things but we know that this is at uh we are not just going to motivate people say good things we are called for this the issue of the holy ghost and as you spoke i kept hearing that it's like you attribute all these moves to the power of the holy ghost because everything you talked about you just kept saying the holy spirit the holy spirit and that is why we've made the issue of the holy spirit to be the issue of this ministry and lastly as we wind up or close we were talking with my wife and you, we were talking uh, in our green room, our nice green room. We were talking about how you sing, Apostle Murima sang, he played the guitar, Apostle Joka actually began with a box guitar, moving around. What is the role of music in revival? What? What is the role? of music in revival worship what is the role of worship there are many songs we sing up to today in uganda songs that were sung here in the 70s and still when you do a crusade in uganda you have to sing those songs and those are the songs that you know so what what, what would you say what like even right now as we get how is worship is singing is music going to be very key in this move of god one of the things that we should take note of Satan was one of the leading worshippers, the leading singers. And he took music, worship, to himself. When you read in the scripture where he says, I will be like the most high, the adoration, the worship, the praise, all were going to him. And that's why you are going to find that most of the singers, even those who started in the gospel music, quite a number of them ended up in secular music. Why did that happen? They were pulled, attracted. 
Look at this lady. She used to be a member of the Church of God of Prophecy in America, Dolly Parton. But then Dolly Parton just changed and went into secular music. Now, Michael Jackson used to sing in the church. Then Michael Jackson went into secular music. Then he began to promote the kingdom of the devil. And he sought power from the devil. And there are many, many, many others that we can mention who started singing gospel music and then they went into secular music. Now, worship is one of the restoration that we need in the church. What stars the Holy Ghost in a revival is music, worship, prayer, more than even preaching. I remember there were times I could go in in some meetings, I would stand and just sing, and the power begins to move. People get filled with the Holy Spirit. People go under the power, and people get delivered and filled with the Holy Ghost. Just singing. Just singing. In worship, the Bible says, He who inhabits the praises of Israel. One preacher really talked about the late Moi and this which I really liked. He brought it in a very simple way. And I witnessed what he was saying. When he wanted Moi to give more money, praise him. <laughs> and Moi had uh, that stick. Fimbo <laughs> yanyayo. So, he would have the Fimbo Yanyayo. And they praise him. And he does like this. He does like this. Then he will not stop there. He will stand up. And he will get into the dance. And he will not stop there. Like I remember, the headmistress of Kisumu girls, sometime Moi came. And he prepared them and they had a song for Moi. Moi was not prepared to give them thousands. But when they sang, ah, he gave them money. Praise touches God. Praise reaches the throne. And remember in the book of Zephaniah, can we read it? Zephaniah chapter 3 from verse 9. Zephaniah, give us Zephaniah 3 verse 9 and 10. The book of Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 4. For then will I turn to a people of a pure language that they may all call upon the name of the Lord. To serve him with one consent. From beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, my suppliants, even the daughter of my past, this past, 
shall bring mine offering. In that day, <coughs> now the worshippers, what I wanted, just stop there. Offering, worship, praise, that praises the Lord. In the book of Revelation chapter 5, Mm. Revelation chapter 5 Give us Revelation chapter 5 Give us from verse 4 And I wept much because man was found worthy of to open and read the book Neither to open therein Gone And one of the elders They'll go up to verse 7 Verse 7 he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, and four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb. What is that? What is that? Worship. Having every one of them harps. Look at that. Golden vials. Full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. Worship is part of our prayers. Amen. Worship. Melodious. They sang, look at that. They sang a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seas thereof, for thou wast slain. And has redeemed us to God. And by thy blood. Uttered over every kindred. And tongue. And people. And nation. And has made us unto our God kings. And priests. And we shall reign on earth. Just stop there. During the revival. Even some old hymns are revived. They become lively. Blessed assurance becomes so powerful. Amazing grace. Tempted and tried. They are revived. They become. They convey a message. Worship. Why was David a man after God's own heart? Psalms are what? Songs. They are songs. The apostle Paul talks about it. Singing hymns, psalms. This is part of our spirituality. And that is what maintains and keeps the wheels of the revival burning. Mm. Worship, adoration, praise. It is not preaching, 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 preaching. We can get into worship here for three hours nonstop. Amen. And we are through with our God. Amen. That's why, servant of God, worship takes over. Like this song. If I believe and you believe and we together pray the Holy Spirit shall come down and Africa must be safe 
and Africa must be saved. And Africa must be saved. The Holy Spirit shall come down. And Africa must be saved. Angels come and sing with us. What are they singing? They come closer. What are they singing? What are they saying? They come closer. Did you know the Bible says that there are times things angels are watching and they wonder, what are these people doing? <laughs> they want to know. Worship is one of them. Amen. Mixed with our prayers. Worship becomes our prayers. Amen. The incense. Mm. Give us Revelation 8, 4 and 5. I hand over to you. Revelation chapter 8, verse 4 and 5. And the smoke of the incense which came. What is the incense? What's the incense? Ile manukato. Harufu nzuri. Harufi ya kupendeza. That's worship. And the smoke of the incense. Worship. Worship. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. You see? And the angel took the censer, look at that, filled it with the fire of the altar, cast it into the earth. And there were voices, thunderings, lightnings, and the earthquake. Wow. Amen. Wish we were having a Kesha. Yes, this is why I told you, you can listen to Bishop Obel and never, you can listen for weeks. Yeah, I know we, we've stayed for so long and there are many more things that I feel like asking, but let's, let's bring him back. Hallelujah. Yeah, should we bring back Bishop Obel? Yeah, we should bring him back. He's not even told us about a drunk, he had a, an interpreter who was a drunkard and he got born again. He got in a place and there was no interpreter and a drunkard came staggering. Let me tell them about that. <laughs> <laughs> this was long way in 1975. I went to preach among the lawyers and the Teso people. I was in Nambari, so I took some lawyer women and we were going to a place called Otimungo. That's among the Teso. And most of the people we were going to meet were the Teso women. And none of them could understand Kiswahili or English. The lawyer women I went with could understand a bit of Teso, but they could not translate in any way at all. Yeah. So when we were there, 
they were saying, now what are we going to do? Then a hopeless drunkard walked in. <laughs> and he said, Sasa unatakaje bwana? Kutafsiri peke yake. Wait later. The women I went with were reluctant, but I, I just, something within me told me, just let him translate. Then I began to preach. And these women, lawyer women, were understanding a bit of Teso, and they said, oh, he's translating very well. <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> a drunkard. <laughs> I preached, preached. Then here came the problem. I was making the altar. Altar call. <laughs> then he told the Teso women, Lakini Mukai to Apuchis. Ah, the lawyer women had. They said, No, 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 Apana. Then he turned around and said, Very fast, just come in Teso, come, come. Then even more who didn't want to come came again. And they knelt down. And he also came and knelt with them. <laughs> he was born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. He's, He's a, a pastor. pastor. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Okay. Our time is so spent. Uh, and let Bishop Obel pray for us. No, no, no. <laughs> buy another air ticket. Let's buy another. <laughs> Time is so good, we have to stop, we have to stop. Yeah. But have we been blessed? Yes. Do we want him back? Yes. <laughs> yes, Bishop, you can pray for us. And uh, maybe one last word. What? That one I will stand you while standing. Okay. Let's all stand up. My brethren. We are in the last days. We have been talking about the last days, but now it's more closer than you think. And if there is any time in which we need God, this is the time. 